Hi guys, welcome to the Onyx Yoga Studio podcast. My name is Denise Corsini and I'm a teacher here at Onyx and the host of the podcast. I'm super excited for today's episode because I have two teachers with me. They are Michael Kohan, aka Makunda Chandra Das, or MCD, that's my favorite. <laughs> and his lovely fiance, Sandy Murata. I hope I'm saying that right. Yes. Sandy Murata. Um, and not only are Michael and Sandy engaged, but they also work together as yoga teachers, leading uh, really awesome workshops and teacher trainings and retreats. So I'm super excited to do this episode because I think you guys have such a you know, your energies really complement each other. And I also think it's really unique, like not only to have a yoga couple that just enjoys yoga, but you guys, you know, you're engaged, you work together, you dedicate your life to the same work. Um, And I think that's super unique and really awesome. Hey, we're glad to be here. We're very happy to be here. Um, but just going backwards a little bit, I, you know, before you guys were a couple, I'm curious to hear about your individual yoga story. So how you guys got into yoga, whoever wants to go first, first. I go first. It's completely up to you. You can go first then. Okay. I'll go first. Ladies first. (laughs) So, um, well, I really got into yoga because of my mother. She... She is also a yoga teacher. She runs teacher trainings. Um, She's been practicing for over 20 years now. So um, she was really the big reason why I got into yoga. So it really, I grew up around it a lot, you know, um, but I really didn't get, I guess, a taste for it until my early 20s. Um, My mom had brought me to one of those events like in the city where you do like the 108 sun salutations and I remember going there and um you know it was a really beautiful day we were like right on the water and they had a kirtan going and you see all these like amazing yogis you know doing sun salutations I was like oh this is like kind of this is kind of cool like I I wouldn't mind learning more about it and I remember saying something to my mom and she's like well why don't you do why don't you do a teacher training um And at the time, I was still going to school, uh, and I was also working, so I was like, well, I don't know how I'm going to, like, fit all that in. She's like, well, if you go to the place that I went to in the city, they have a program on Sundays where you can do teacher training and also do everything else that you need to do. And I was like, well, all right. So I did the training, and, I mean, you know, once I did it, I was like, this is, you know, this is amazing, you know, learning all... Um, about yoga and everything like that. So once I got certified, I actually ended up going to school in Florida. So I'd say my practice kind of dwindled. You know, yeah. I was focusing more on school rather yep. than, um, you know, my yoga practice. But once I graduated, I came back home up north. And, um, you know, my mom, at the time, she had just started a non-for-profit um, especially for uh, teaching individuals with autism, yoga for autism. Um, so at the time, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And my mom um, had asked me, it's like, well, you know, while you're in this transition of figuring out what you want to do after graduating, why don't you work for me? 
and the work that we're doing. You know, you're already a certified yoga teacher, and um, I think this would be something you'd really enjoy. So I slowly started, you know, doing little things here and there, like administrative work, you know, going to different conferences and running the booth, and then slowly but surely, I just kept doing more and more. You know, I started teaching individuals on the spectrum, um, and now today I actually run the organization. I'm the executive director. Wow. Yeah, so um, it all just really evolved, right? Yeah. It all just, it, it, like, you know, it, it, it all just kind of happened organically, you know, it, without really much of any type of um, plan or force. Big it effort. Yeah, it, it was... kind of just, like, all evolved. Um, and I know for myself, um, just practicing yoga and being in that space has really been super beneficial for me. Um, and you know, I just really enjoy teaching and I guess that's how, how it all started. That's awesome. I I didn't know that your mom was a yogi. I think that's so interesting because you know, now there's so many people doing yoga and practicing yoga, but even eight years ago when I started teaching, it, it wasn't as big as it is right now. So right. to go back, you know, even beyond, further than that. It's, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I grew up going to, like, health food stores, like, before they even awesome. existed with my mom. Um, she, you know, she would, she used to take me down to the Shivananda Ashram wow. in the Bahamas. Yeah. So I was, wow. you know, I was ex- exposed to um, quite a bit. And when I was younger, I didn't. Like, I always just knew, like, oh, yoga's, like, a part of, you know, what my mom does. Like, that's a part of, like, her, you know, her life, like, her, you know, what she does. But it wasn't until that one time we, like, really, like, went into the city. um, That's when I was like, oh, like, this is cool. Like, I want to learn more about it. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing. And MC Dave. Hi. By the way, her spiritual name is Smooky. 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 Yes. She has one too. Smooky. Uh, did you give her that name, or did no. some, okay? Oh no, that was no. I got that for my um, I-Y-I. My training. Yeah, I Y I. Oh, also integral. Integral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. Integral. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I know a few teachers that that studied there. Yeah. Would you like to hear my story? I would. I'm sorry. I'm so fixed. I'm like fidgeting. I'm like I want to share. So I took my first yoga class my freshman year of college in 1994. Was this at Rutgers? This was at Penn State. State. And yoga in 1994 was in gym auditoriums and basement of churches. And it was not in gyms. There were no yoga studios. They did not exist, to my knowledge. And through my college years and into adulthood... I practiced yoga very casually. I would go to a yoga class at the New York Sports Club that I was a member of, or I would take a yoga class at the church or, you know, the synagogue that was in the basement. Then it would be like once a week, it'd be like detox to retox type of practice. And it wasn't until I was 30 years old, 31, 30 years old, 31, somewhere on that timeline. And I was very stressed out. I was overworked. I was overweight. 
it was really toxic with drugs. Um, I was very fortunate that I was making a lot of money, so and there were a lot of shady doctors in New York City. So I was on various prescriptions, uh, Vicodin, Adderall, Xanax, and Percocets. Wow. And uh, on paper, I looked fine. Mm -hmm. um, but behind closed doors, I was very sort of in this really not a healthy space. My stepfather died of cancer. I was divorced. And mm -hmm. I just looked in the mirror and I was just like, this can't be my life. And a friend of mine was like, you should go see a therapist. And I was like, okay. So I went to go see a therapist. And the therapist was just this random guy. I opened up my insurance like website and said, therapist near office. And the first one that popped up was the guy I went to see. And he was this very new agey yoga therapist who said, why don't I go to yoga? I was like, okay. And so I said, I'll try anything. I'm, I'm just miserable and I'm angry and I'm sad and I'm a drug addict and I'm, but I'm working 80 hours a week. So You're functioning, right. which is very scary and common, yeah, very common, especially in the city. Yeah. Uh, especially in New York city. And so, uh, this was a time when I guess yoga teachers were yoga teachers. And so I, was very fortunate. I the only yoga studio I can go to with my work schedule was in Union Square. It was called Jiva Mukti Yoga, and I walked into my first yoga class, and I was hooked at that point. And I just started going there every day because I walked in, and everyone seemed like their lives were better. Like they all had money, but they all looked good. They all were healthy. They all were happy. They all didn't seem like they were stressed out. They all seemed like they knew something, a secret that I didn't know. And I wanted mm -hmm. to know what that secret was. And every and I would just walk into this these rooms and everyone just would be like in a good space. And I'd be like, what do they know that I don't know? And so I just started to try to explore what that secret was about yoga. Yeah. And I was lucky though because this was when Sharon and David still taught at Jiva Mukti. This is when um, John Friend was still teaching before his scandal. It was before a lot of the scandals of yoga and classes were two hours long. And yep. they were, a it was a very deep dive spiritual practice, both in the physical practice, but also in the emotional, mental, and connection to divine. And I got to experience that for about 10 years. Wow. I was very lucky. 10, 12 years of this like, I would go to work, I'd get off of work, I'd go to a Jiva Mukti yoga class, and either I'd go to a Bhagavad Gita class, or I'd go to a Kirtan, or I'd go to a meditation class, or I'd go to a Bhagavatam class, or I'd go study with some like advanced practitioner. And I did this for 10 years. It was like, it changed my life. Wow. I was very lucky. Like, you know. Yeah. And it, I mean, I feel like it's almost an obvious answer, but did you stop doing those prescription drugs and, you know, lose weight. I mean, all, all like the kind of problems that you had before yoga, did that all resolve just as a result of completely changing your lifestyle? Yeah. Like I quit smoking cigarettes, not because I wanted to be healthy. I quit smoking cigarettes because I wanted to be able to keep up in class next to the beautiful women next to me. 
And I, I started eating healthy and losing weight because I wanted to be able to do a handstand in the mm-hmm. middle of the room. And the food I was eating made me feel heavy. And I stopped taking, like, drugs because I just didn't feel like I needed them anymore. Right. I was able to go to sleep at night, and I didn't feel bad about myself anymore when I looked in the mirror. And I began to understand who I was because I was studying the philosophy. I also was, like, once again, I was very lucky. I got yeah. my, my mentors were, like, these teachers that people, like, are, like, yoga celebrities. These were, like, my classmates and friends mm-hmm. that I just would take yoga with. Like, and I was around them. Like, Joshua Green was my mentor. Right. And Sharon was my yoga teacher. You know, you can't... Sharon teaches a class now with 300 people. And Sean Korn was a student in class next to me. And mm-hmm. she was just a person in class that gave you positive energy. She wasn't the yoga celebrity. And we didn't have that. Right. We were a small community of people really trying to explore what it meant to be a yogi and how to live a spiritual life while working and having a, and having a material life. Right, and being just being a householder, right? Just that, being that's a householder. How, I mean, you and I both trained at DIG. Well, and you did too, Sandy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but I, Sue and I use that term a lot. Like, what does it look like to be a householder and have, you know, um, an everyday mundane life? Yeah. But also be a yogi. I remember Sue and Naeem before. Like, I know them mm-hmm. from 20 years ago. Wow. That's how I know them. That's why. I, that's how I ended up doing their dig training. Right. Because I would go on to L.A. to visit my parents, and I would take Naeem's class. And I, when I came to New Jersey, and I looked up online looking for yoga studios, I was like, Naeem Jensen's in Flamberville? <laughs> this he guy lives is like, on the East Coast? Right, this is like one of the biggest yoga teachers. He was like the biggest yoga teacher, one of the biggest yoga teachers in mm-hmm. yoga works. He taught Sean Korn. He served, he he was a who-who LA yoga teacher. Yeah. He was a, and he was in Lamberville. That's how I ended up at mm-hmm. Dick, because I knew who they were and that they knew who I was from back when Sue and Naeem used to teach at the boxing uh, gym. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome history. Um, so, you know, we've heard your guys' yoga stories. They're both really different. Um, how did you guys meet? I actually don't know this at all. So, I'll tell them the story. Go ahead. Because <laughs> she doesn't believe it every time I tell it. And she says, that's not true. So, I used to be a hardcore Hare Krishna. And I still a Hare Krishna. Now, is that, sorry, is that how you got your name? That's that how I got you, my okay. initiating name, Makunda. I took initiating vows with my teacher, His Holiness, Rana Swami. Got it. And I had a shaved head, and I used to be, like, this very devout Hare Krishna. Okay. Super strict. And I moved out of New York City because I felt very suffocated in that life. And I felt very trapped in New York City in terms of, what people I thought expected from me as a yogi. Like, I was the Hare Krishna yogi. I would, and I just felt very confined. And so I moved home. And that was a hard transition to try to connect to people in New Jersey. And I was really struggling. And over time, it began to lighten up a little bit. And I started dating. But I didn't know how to date adult women because... Dating to me in the yoga community was, oh, let's go take a yoga class and then let's go to a kirtan. 
and that's how you maybe date get it. a green smoothie somewhere in between. Get there. a green smoothie somewhere, <laughs> and like first base was like you know holding hands in this like really devout Hare Krishna community. You know, like you don't like part of the practice in that community is, is you don't have sex before until you're married. Okay, and you know there's always the gray area behind curtains, but it's still like a very navigational like very conservative culture and I didn't know what to do and I'm at a yoga studio in Morristown and I get out of class early and I walk around the corner and I see this woman sitting on the floor playing the harmonium and I was struck and smitten by her the first moment I met I her loved I, I liked her I was, I was like oh my god who was this person and she's like I sat down and we hung out and I was playing Kirtan Kirtan with you, mm-hmm. and she loved me because I said the first time I sat down with her, I said, "Oh, I can't sing, but I just love ch- chanting." I think it was something like that, right? <laughs> and so I didn't know how to ask her out, and so every time I would try to ask her out every time. This went on for like nine months. I tried to get her to go out with me. Did you have any idea he was trying to get you to go out with him? So I didn't. That so it would go like right over my head. Okay. But he would. And looking back on it, like he would try to. So like after but like yoga asking you like out. like after class, you'd walk up to me and he he'd be like, oh hey Sandy, how are you? I'm like I'm good. How are you? He's like good. Do you like do you want to go to Whole Foods? And I'm like I'm like well I'm actually going there right now, so I'll see you when I get there. <laughs> But I didn't re- like it didn't register in my head. Like I was, I was like, oh well, like yeah, like I'll see you there. Like I didn't know he was like trying to ask me out. Yeah. And there was like a couple other times where he'd do that, and but it just wouldn't, it wouldn't like I wouldn't get it because right. I hadn't. I I mean, the last time I had been in a relationship was three years, three or four years prior to that. Mm-hmm. So I was very so like he says he was out of the game. I was very out of the game. Mm-hmm. Like I was not. I wasn't dating. I like. I was. I was really. Um, I was really uh, focused on my yoga practice right. and the work that I was doing with ashrams for autism. Like that's that was yeah. your life. That was what. That's what I was doing. Like I wasn't. I. I you know. I wasn't doing at that point in time. Like. Everyone knew I, I liked you, too. Like, the women at Onyx, like, the, the, the Monday morning yoga class that I teach, yeah. Christina, Amy, yes. Leslie, yes. they all knew I liked her. And Leslie loves relationships. Like, she loves people getting together yeah. and being, you know. So, for, like, at nine months, I kept talking about this girl that I liked that I couldn't get her to go out with me, and I didn't know what I was doing wrong. So, I had to hire a dating coach. <laughs> Who coached me on how to get her to go out with me? And finally, one day, I walked up to her. I mean, like, so I would like stay late after class, after the class, because I, I taught at four thirty, and her her mom taught at six thirty at the studio that I was working at. I would teach till four five thirty and wait around for her to show up so I can talk to her before I went to Onyx to teach yoga. And I, I would wait it. for her and talk to her and, like, try to get her to go out with me. And I would send her, I'd be like, I'm hosting a cure time this Saturday. Do you want to come? No response. Because this is, like, what I was trying to do. Right. So, well, I'm laughing that you hired a dating coach because I just took a restorative yoga teacher training uh, this past weekend. And the teacher was really focused on Ayurveda, which, like, you know, I had studied a lot in my 200 hour. Mm-hmm. And it kind of goes in and out for me a little bit. Like, some teachers are very focused on it. Some aren't. 
But she was talking a lot about, like, the Pitta nature. And she's like, I can always tell when I have Pitta people in my trainings because they want to read the book before they get here. Then they want to get the homework immediately after. Then they want to do extra credit and, like, you know, and totally understand it. And I think I'm no Ayurvedic counselor, but I think you are Pitta. And I think you hiring a dating coach is the most Pitta thing you can do. So let me finish up the the story. So finally, at the end of class, I go up to her after like nine months of trying to get her to go out with me. And Emily Katz knows I like her. Steven Katz knows I like her. Everyone knows I like her. And I finally, I mean, literally... It got to the point where people in the class, like, I would ask her out in class in front of people, and it just wouldn't rent. She, like, <laughs> it, she just didn't know I was trying to ask her out. Where I think finally people were, were asking her, goes, does he ask you out every time he sees you? And she one goes... Woman, one woman did say that to me. And she's, she said that and she, that's when she finally, she finally realized I was trying to get her to ask her out, because then you're like, I think so. And then next class, I go, will you go hiking with me? And she goes, Yes. I'm like, great, Saturday. She's like, great. I'm thinking we're going to go hiking at like 10 o'clock in the morning. She's like, I'll meet you at 8 a.m. <laughs> I showed up late. Sunrise hike. I was like, 8 a.m. I showed up at 8.30. And so but we, she waited Did for you bring me. her a chai tea? No, I showed um, up at 8.30. We went on our hike. Then And we've been together ever since. Wow. We've been, our first hike, and then we just, we've been together. Like, that Friday we went out to dinner, that next week we went hiking, that next weekend we went out to dinner again. We've been together ever since that hike. And I do want to go back to how you asked me out, because it was very, very sweet. Because he, he, he walked up to me, and what he said, what he actually said was, I would really like to take you out, because I would really like to get to know you. That is so sweet. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, sure, we can go out. Like That's it was, awesome. It was very, the way you said it, it was it was much sweeter. High five. And that's how it. we met. Now, do you feel like your, pra- or I, mean, I know that you feel like your practice influences your relationship, because how could it not? But how do you feel like, you know, being yogis, how do you feel like that influences your relationship? Like, what, so what is it talking. like when yogis just, get into a fight? We're yogis. All we do is yoga. What if you disagree about something? What does that look like between a yoga couple? What are you talking about? We're people. We get we get oh, ugly. We disagree. Yeah. We disagree. That's that's for sure. Of we, we have so I guess so. I'm not going to speak for Michael, but how yoga? I mean, for me, yoga has helped me to gain perspective mm-hmm. on who I am as a person and how I interact with the world around me, right? Mm-hmm. So I think because we both have a strong yoga practice, I think we're able to read each other pretty well and pick up on both of our strengths and weaknesses Yeah, and kind of um, create a space where we can find an even keel right. and kind of balance each other out if that makes sense well it's yeah. nice that we're both yogis and it's because of i i it's because of our yoga practice yeah right i really i really think that's why you know we're, we're able to find that that 
the yin and yang, I guess you can say. Yeah. And find that balance and attribute to to having that yoga background for sure. Yeah, and it's accept like yoga gives me the ability to have acceptance for you, but also acceptance for my own flaws and faults. Like I know my like character flaws and I'm like, oh that's me being me. Let me go apologize because mm-hmm. of my yoga practice. Yeah. There's that extra layer of like, you know, just deeper awareness. Yeah, I mean, like, one of the things that I know what we do, um, we have our disagreements, we have our fights like anybody else. I think it, we, uh, we, we allow each other to forgive ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we allow, like, you know, you did this, I did this type of thing, you know, where it's like, you have to, like, and it's not like, oh, I'm right, and I have to hold the firm line. Um, but that also comes back to like, I'm very grateful that I have her mm-hmm. always. I'm lucky. Like I wait, I always say it all the time. I'm very lucky that I have you in my life. I know what it's like to be single for a long time. Yeah. I know what it's like to want something and not have it for a long time. So I am cherish the fact that I actually have a partner that's into yoga. That mm-hmm. is a yoga teacher or, you know, so I look at our home, our home, it's, it's not done, but it's been consciously put together, you know, with this energy of spirituality in our house. It's like we're not trying to create conflict, so mm-hmm. it's nice. Or we have a meditation altar in our living room that wow. I'm grateful for. And I and this is something we should start up again, but we did previously, um, you know, we when we did have those times where you know, we were in disagreement mm-hmm. or arguments, you know, we, we, we take conscious steps to, to try to make it better. So yeah, like Still. doing more, like, you know, we have something that we read together at night. Um, really something that we read together in the morning. I've been reading it. I said, <laughs> we will do it. We will do it together so again. Okay. Um, but reading like, the Bhagavad Gita, yoga sutras, the yoga sutras, as a couple, you know things like that. You know, so um, so we do do those type of things. Yeah, um, I'm I'm usually up the first in the morning. I get up really early. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not really early. I usually get around six. That's like mm-hmm. my wake up time. I like and I get I like my alone time first thing in the morning. When she gets up with me, I get a little annoyed. <laughs> I get for the, that. For the first half hour, because I just like to sit and drink coffee by myself. Take well, it in. I'm, I'm there. So. You are. <laughs> that's, that's just But I'm bad. like, but no, no, I don't mind her there. Yeah. I get annoyed when it's like, she wants to do something that's interfering with what I want to go on at 6.30 in the morning, 6 o'clock in the morning. Like, I want this music on. Right. You know, and I get, you know I get like that. Oh, he's very territorial in the morning. Yeah. But, uh, he... He, you know, I give him his space yeah. and, you know, when I have to do things like in the morning, I'm going to have to do it and he can. Yeah. He, but like we meditate and we, you know, read spiritual books together and we have on our calendar for Katsusi that's next week, next Thursday. Mm-hmm. So. Wait, what is that? Akata, it, go ahead. You can explain it. It's a, uh, it's a Orthodox Hindu Vaishnav. Um, tradition of okay. fast fasting, uh, or half, we do a light fast mm-hmm. twice a month. 
what is the light fat? I'm curious. Is that uh, a day or no? No, it's like 36 hours. Okay. It's no nuts, grains, bread. You eat like very simple food for 36 hours and helps detox and rebalance the uh, body. Wow. And it's actually very healthy. And you do it during the um, waxing and the waning of the moon. Oh wow! Um, and it has to do with um, you explained it very nicely. The pulling of the the water. Got it. It helps detox it because the moon pulls on your body twice a month. And so if you are eating very simple cleansing food, the body is able to detoxify a lot easier during the relaxing and the waning of the moon. Interesting. And it's also a spiritual practice where each month there's a different katasi related to a different spiritual uh, uh, element of yoga. And I I noticed when we when we did um, uh, practice Ikadasi together, very in sync, the both of us. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, like big time. That's so very, interesting. Very, very in sync during Ikadasi. Yeah, That's why we're going to start doing it again. Next week? We, like, we, we felt so good. Yeah. And afterwards, too. Yeah, and, and, pra- and holding it together, it, it really... Um, I cheat, I drink coffee. You're not to drink that morning cup. He needs his morning cup. That's okay. I totally, I love coffee. Yeah, I have a it's problem. It's an everyday thing. If I don't drink it, I get a headache. Okay. You know, I haven't even tried to not drink it, so that's probably true for me, too. Yeah, my adrenal glands start to uh, crash. And stuff. He tried. You know, the first time we held a codice. Yeah. And, I, and the next day, he's like, I'm going to drink coffee. And I said, that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. You're <we were> like, <laughs> that's, that's, that's don't want to go through that again. <laughs> that's a great idea. <laughs> I, I, I think that's good. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so, yes, it influences our relationship for yeah. sure. I mean, Absolutely. Like, I think, like, for me, with yoga struggling right now as a couple, I work so much right now. You know, yeah. I work as a yoga teacher and as a man who wants to buy us a house yeah. and open a yoga studio somewhere. Uh, I be a provider. Be the I provider. I work a lot yeah. of hours. It's like sometimes I'm like, what? Because it's I'm not at that point where I'm making enough that I can pull back, mm-hmm. and I'm making a decent living, but there's I'm not making that living where I'm like, okay, I can now buy a house. So we are constantly hustling. Mm-hmm. As a couple, like we work a lot of hours, which is convenient as a yoga couple that we share those hours. Yeah. But it's light, late nights, early mornings, weekends, Sundays, yes. weekends, like a lot of be, energy. A lot of energy. Oh, yes. a lot of energy. Teaching of yoga energy. is not just going to a yoga class. I run my own podcast. I write. I have a, an extensive blog and newsletter. We run a teacher training that takes a lot of work. We. Putting on a retreat to Costa Rica. We're going to plan another retreat in the fall next year, hopefully. And we have privates and coaching clients and all that stuff where it takes a lot of work and a lot of energy. And so allowing ourselves, the two of us, private grounding time is really important to us, which makes going to a yoga studio a lot of times very hard for me because when I go to a yoga studio, I'm not relaxing. I'm working still. Yeah. 
It's really hard yes. for me when I go to like Onyx. I don't go there not to because practice. I, I don't yeah. love the teachers. I'm not. I'm working. I, yeah. I walk in the studio, and half the people there are students that expect me to be a certain way. Yeah. And they expect me to carry myself a certain way, and so it's hard for us. And so the studio is that we don't teach out in the area. They're a half hour, forty minutes away, and we just don't have the time a lot of times to get there. So. Part of that couple yoga that I'm working on is developing more of a home practice, which I'm getting better at. I'm getting I'm getting better at doing that, and that's sort of like the big thing that I've been working mm-hmm. on for my yoga practice. No, I'm so glad that you brought that up because I think it's it's so um, misunderstood unless you are a yoga teacher or you've been a yoga teacher, because I think that um, there's just like a conception that you know. If you're a yoga teacher, you have a very chill career, and yeah. Yeah. and it's it's so opposite because um, the truth is that you know comparing to working to nine to five somewhere, right? What does nine to five give you? You know, stability, consistency, a consistent schedule, mm-hmm. um, you know, a paid time off, like th- you know things like that. Yeah. Those are not you know teaching yoga is really a work of passion. And it's so rewarding in a lot of ways, but just, you know, as a, as a lifestyle, you have to work a lot. Well, for me, I can't imagine, sorry for interrupting you, but the reason why we, I work so hard at this with my partner says when I close my eyes, I can't imagine doing anything else. Yeah. This is what I'm supposed to, I'm supposed this to be. This is your dharma and you're here doing is, it. This is yeah. what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be a yoga teacher. I'm supposed to be a life coach. I love doing it mm-hmm. uh, that when I talked to Shannon about all the her and I talk and like what I talked to her about is one day owning a yoga studio so I can teach less to be more present in my classes yeah so I can be better at it as a yoga teacher mm-hmm. and that's sort of why I want to do that but right now we don't have that in our so we are hustling yep why you were going to add something? <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah. Um, I mean, so you guys, you know, talking about hustling, you work a lot together. You do, mm-hmm. you know, you work at the same studios, not necessarily teaching weekly classes together, but teaching together at some capacity, you know, in workshops, you have a teacher training, um, you have your Costa Rica retreat and other retreats coming up, you know, what what is it like also working together and it's nice i like when we i like when she's home and I'm, i work so my schedule for me is i i teach a yoga class in the morning and then i teach a corporate class at noon every day and i'm home in, in between my morning class and my corporate class and then i'm home in the afternoon and then i have a class in the evening and i can have some private scattered out but I'm home a lot working, mm-hmm. and I like when she's there. I always ask her every day, like, when are you going to be home? I enjoy working with her. That's awesome. We have a good dynamic. Um, we, um, I think, as I mentioned before, like, how yoga has influenced our relationship. I think the same thing as to what I said before definitely um, uh, is involved in our in our work life. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a very good balance. Very, very good. Um, 
you know, the things that, you know, he's really good at that, that I'm not so great at, you know, he, he, you know, he can, you know, take that over and, you know, the things that he may struggle with, like I'm really good at. So we like, it's just like a really good, um, uh, dynamic as far as like, you know, picking up, you know, where, where we have weaknesses and where we have, and you know, um, where we have our strengths, but also, um, we, Appointments, meetings? <laughs> Just, you know, when I think our underlying, like, work ethic, mm-hmm. we, we have we have the same underlying, you know, work ethic. We're, we're both, you know, when we want to get something done, we get it done. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're very diligent about having weekly meetings and setting up, okay, you're doing this, I'm doing that. We're always checking in with each other, like, as if we're, like, colleagues, like, working yeah. in, like, a corporate... We treat it like a business. We treat it like a business, like, we're working in a corporate Sweet. setting, you know? Yeah. It's like, okay, we have a meeting today from 3 to 4 to go over this, all right? We, we, we have an agenda of what we're going to talk about, and then we delegate tasks as to who's going to do what, and then, you know, we, we're very professional with each other. We have deadlines that are expected Deadline, to be met. Yeah, like, it's... And we're, we're held accountable for you know, who's supposed to be doing what. And I think, you know, um, in that sense, you know, it, it really, it, I think that's been super beneficial for us in, in yeah. our work life. It's, it's the only way, you know, treating it like a business is the oh, only 100%. way to make it a successful business. 100%. We make sure that when we're not in meetings and it's not a work day, we don't talk about work. It doesn't so always helpful. work. But we really but, do try, and a lot of times if one of us slips into it, and the other one doesn't want to talk about it... Listen, we, Michael. I'm a... I'm a... I'm a... I'm a... I'm a, He's a pizza. I'm a workaholic. He's the pizza. I mean, I'm a machine. I'm... I'm... I'm, I'm the coffee butter. Yes. Yeah, I'm the machine. Uh, I mean, like, I work... I work six days a week without blinking an eye. Yep. And... You have a ton of energy. It's I, so... It's obvious. I just need one day for me. Yeah. And I'm fine. And I just go. Like the energizer. Yes. Um, yeah. um, I'm curious, what are your programs like that you run together? Like your, your workshops, your teacher trainings? Um, we complement each other. That's the biggest feedback that we've ever gotten is we balance each other out because I have a very... I have a very, like, overpowering personality at times, uh-huh. and I can be very um, domineering, and that can put people off, mm-hmm. and so when we're, working, when we're working together, she balances that out very nicely, where she's more of the empathic yep. individual that's very nurturing, and I feel like the two of us together, people really appreciate it. That was the biggest compliment we got from our TTs was how that balanced each other out. Like, our teacher training is tough. We have yeah. a written exam that they got to pass. And it's not open book. It's Michelle not open told book. Me that. Yes. No, yeah. it's a closed book yep. exam that we expect them to teach. We do that because I feel like we need to raise the bar with yoga to a higher level yeah. of quality teachers. It's not out of, it's to make them the best that when they go to teach yoga somewhere and someone's like, oh, where'd you do your teacher training? They say they did it with us. The, the people go, oh, you're well-trained. Hired. Yeah. Like, that's what I get from people. That's what I got from Dig 
when people found out I did, did Sue and Nynaeme's teacher training, they're like, oh, you're well trained. Yep. When do you want a job? Right. And so that's why we do that. And she balances that out with me where it makes it accessible for everyone. Yep. Yeah. Um, and for sure, I mean, I, I would say, you know, I, I, I'm much more quiet and reserved and, um, you know, m- much more of the silent type. Sweet. Sweet, yeah, but no, and I'm, I'm, that goes Nourishing. along with that. That goes along with you know the the sweet and the nurturing and, um, but you know, like he was talking about with me, he totally balances me out in that aspect, um, in the training, you know, uh, and definitely going back to being supportive. Yeah, well, that's very the main su- thing. Very supportive of yeah. um, one another. Um, and not even like doing it, like doing it like unconsciously, you know, we're constantly so supportive of one another that, I mean, the students see it, you mm-hmm. know, and because we, we show that love and support to one another, we, we give it so much to our students, Yeah, you know, that same love and support. I think that's where the draw comes from with people with us is they see the two of us as a yoga couple and we're very supportive of each other and very accepting of each other's strengths mm-hmm. and weaknesses. And we don't take each other's weaknesses and exploit them. It's like, Oh, here's where you're weak. Let me help you. Yeah. So it doesn't it, and make you stronger. And I think they see where like it comes from that place of love mm-hmm. that people, um, gallon or, Come, they get dragged towards us. They're, they're attracted to us. Yeah. I'm really excited about the retreat to Costa Rica because I feel like that's going to be, I'm going to be able to have fun with everyone. Yeah. That's what I'm really excited it's about. It's so fun. I wanted to be yeah, speaking tell us fun. about it. Uh, we're going to Costa we're going Rica. We're going to Costa Rica. Everyone should come. And it's just, <laughs> You're going to have so much fun. Yeah. It's just like, I, we just want it to be a fun, like, retreat. Yoga, hiking waterfalls, the beach, surfing, volcanoes, the jungle. And we're near this town. So, like, if you want to go out at night, you can. Yeah. Like, we're, we chose this place because it's not, like, in the middle of nowhere. There's a town. Yeah. And so, I just we just want it to be a fun vacation. I love that. I think that sometimes um, yoga retreats, local or, you know, further destinations, I think that sometimes they're advertised to be very serious looking and I think that has its place um if you're looking for that but I also think that it's just like it's so important to actually be friends with the people you practice with yes like and connect to them and not have it always be about a very serious approach to the practice you know like just connection Connection, Fun. love, relaxation, love. rest, yeah. renew. A lot. We all we live in this world of weapons of mass distraction. We're constantly bombarded mm-hmm. with information. We're overloaded. We're overwhelmed, and we don't allow that space in between. That sounds. That's why, like this weekend, what are we doing? We're going up to Woodstock yeah. just to get. Like we're going up to Woodstock for twenty four hours just to get that space. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want this retreat to be. It's just like rest, fun, yoga, meditation, for sure, you know, spiritual aspects, 
we'll put in there, but nothing heavy. Like, let's yeah. just have a good time on a yoga retreat and just relax. Doesn't mean you have to, like, do a bunch of shots and, like, right. you, know, you know, some tequila bombs. Yeah. That's a, that's a little bit of a different kind of yeah. fun. Right. I think that's like, <laughs> like you can still have, have a yoga adventure. Have a yeah. yoga adventure. Yes. Yeah. I'm so happy for you guys. Thank you. Thank you. And um, thank you guys so much for coming and for doing the episode. Yeah. I really appreciate it. We had fun. We had fun. All right. Ciao.